generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Let's go real quick to the book of John chapter 11. John chapter 11. There's an interesting story there. It's about Lazarus who had been dead for four days as at the time Jesus got there. It wasn't four days before it was told because after he was told, he stayed two more days. And some of us feel like that sometimes that, God, you see what I'm going through and what, what's happened around me and you're just chilling. How many of you have felt like that sometimes that you feel like God is not taking your matter quickly? Is there anybody who's felt like that before? Just feel like, God, you're not treating this matter caracarally like a, an urgent case. So he abode to the still, but he got there eventually. Are we streaming on the mainland? Not yet. Okay. Let me know what the issues are. Are there technical issues? Because I need to dive into it. All right. From verse 38, the word says, Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, the, the sister of Lazarus who was dead, said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there is a stench. This place is stinking. Why? Because he has been dead for about four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Somebody shout, Father. Father. I love the energy, but you can ramp it up. Say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Think about the prayer points you've had for weeks and months and years. And say, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Verse 42, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said those things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth jesus said to them lose him and let him go i want to prophesy to somebody are we on now i want to prophesy to somebody everything that has been locked behind the tomb in your life is coming forth let me put it like this everything that god still has a future for because some things must never come forth some excess must never come forth come on now some losses were good losses some losses were good readers to bad rubbish. Yeah, some jobs, you're never going back to them because you discovered a greater you after you said no to them, amen? But there are some things that God has a future for, some things that you had no business losing, some things that the enemy stole from you, some things that you missed out on because of your carelessness or your doubt or unbelief or lack of preparedness. There were certain things that you should have held onto and kept, but the enemy took away from you. I pray in the name of Almighty God, all those things are coming out again. 
they are coming back to you in the name of Jesus there are opportunities coming back to you and as your hands are lifted the Lord is filling your hands with joy filling your hands with opportunities filling your hands with glory in the name of Jesus Please listen to the word of the Lord. This month of December, you will enjoy restoration. Some of you lost some things in March. And as I'm speaking, many of you can see certain things that you lost. Particularly between March and June. Many of you lost certain things between March and June. And some of you, what you lost was momentum. So from July till date, you've just been slow. Things have not been working as fast and as well. I prophesy under God, your speed is restored in the name of Jesus. There are people who are saying the first half of the year looked like the better half of the year. No, that is not the God you serve. The God you serve is the God of better of the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. You are ending the year better than you started it. Your tongues were filled with laughter. Your mouths were singing in the name of Jesus. I open up for you jobs, even in your DJ in this month. I open up for you opportunities. They will look for you. They will call for you. They will ask for you. Your hands will not be empty. You will not end the year empty. In the name of Jesus. May the angels allocated to this assignment, to this ministry, to this mandate and to this mission carry these words, these prophetic words and go into the elements of the earth to begin to rearrange circumstances, opportunities, invitations, platforms, access points in the name of Jesus. For many of you, your bosses, your mentors, your leaders, your pastors, they will say, are you available to do this? Can you go and represent me here? Receive referrals from the top in the name of Jesus. Your boss will say, go and stand in for me. Say, there's one trip abroad. I'm not able to go. Is your passport ready? Your mentor will say, can you speak for me here? Can you represent me here? I open up that for you in the name of Jesus. We end the year with answered prayers. We do not end the year with struggle. Rosemont, get ready. Answered prayers. Daring, get ready. The cry of your heart. The cry of your heart. The secret petitions of your heart. The secret longings. If you're on the mainland, are you praying? The secret longings of your heart are being granted. I see the Lord replacing. It's like God is giving you new legs. Your legs have become tired. You couldn't even stand well. You couldn't even move well. You're running out of energy, run out of breath. The Lord is replacing your limbs. Receive new energy. Receive big energy. Receive a new lease of life. In the remaining 27 days of the year, receive miracles. I see a baby crying. The Lord said I should say to somebody, I have heard your cry. There is somebody you were weeping. I want to pray for that person. Sometime in the last three days, you were just crying. Come, come real quick. You were crying and God, is this how my life is going to be? So is this all there is to my life? I want that person to call. I saw you in the spirit. You were weeping. You were wailing. You were crying. 
Nigo, come quickly. I think there's another person. I think there's somebody. Come, come to the front. Today I hug you with my prayers. I hug you. Manifros Padulabalas. Inna Kruzegadai Shilavalas. The Lord who covers, he covers you. The Lord who sees is called El Roy. The Lord who sees. He sees you. He recognizes you. He covers you. Hey, you will come back with a testimony. Those who carry sheaves with tears shall doubtless return with joy. Those who sow in tears shall doubtless return with sheaves in joy. I proclaim that your heart is healed. The oil of God heals your heart of every brokenness, every weariness, every tiredness in the name of Jesus. I want to quickly pray for somebody. You lost a lot of money and it broke your heart. Nikovulaba. That person, you're a lady. You lost a lot of money. It broke. I think it was an investment or something. Or you committed money to somebody and it went bad. The Lord sees you. Oh yeah, now I feel the ways of God, God's presence. The Lord sees you on the mainland. The Lord sees you. If there's anybody like that on the mainland, stand, go to the altar, PLT. Minister Uche, can you just quickly take advantage of this one minute or so? Inna sovra libas. Waves of glory. Manisavala. There's healing power, I tell you. There's healing power. The Lord sees every tear. The Lord sees every tear. Una kumania sovadush. Inna brula patalia zuvaga. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. The Lord is healing you. The Lord sees you. The Lord sees you. It's a new beginning. Sunave Latania Sukradi Bashantaralis. Uregete Zilatovra Lisa Patus. In the Grusha Nigaba, Suvlatila, in the Crosanta Bulaturikiti, Ulenine Kulemuno Sinanianto Salama. Lord, overwhelm him with your presence, with your glory, with your freshness. Mm. Lord, you make all things new. You make all things new. You make all things new. God says, I have not forgotten you. You are not forsaken. You are not forsaken. You are beloved. You are seen. You are heard. You are catered to. There's a plan for your life. There's a purpose for your life. There's a plan for your life. There's a purpose for your life. Starting over. restoration 10 times more what you lost is coming back 10 times more it will come in three three installments three opportunities yes three opportunities i release them to you right now i release them to you right now wave the first wave second wave the third wave God says, don't cry over it any longer. And don't hold it against them. 
for I do a new thing. It's all coming back. 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 Tanikov Rosalis. I'm seeing a, like a little boy connected to you. I don't know whether that's your younger brother. Do you have a younger brother? I see his, I see a young boy. He looks like a teenager of sorts or something like that. Is he a teenager? The Lord is healing him. He's healing him. And I also see the Lord separating him from wrong influences, wrong friendships. Now, what the enemy wants to do, he wants to set him up to destroy him. The Lord ordered you here today because one of your assignments in his life is to intercede. And you're saying to yourself, how can I intercede when I'm not even strong with God? The Lord says that I'm inviting you to a journey with me. A journey of intimacy, a journey of refreshing, a journey of prayer, a journey of prayer, a journey of prayer. He says, I want to use you. God says, I want to use you. So you are not disqualified based on what you did or based on what happened to you. It says, I love you, I care for you, and that you are important to my agenda. You are an important part of my work in the earth. I have distinguished you as one born into season, born into this season and in this time. It said, do not be caught with the illnesses and the ailments that you've had to go through, and even some of them that became very embarrassing. It says, I'm reversing all of the struggles and all of the issues, and I'm bringing strength to you. He said, you no longer be a carrier of shame, but a carrier of my glory. You no longer be robbed of your voice, but you carry my voice. You are my mouthpiece, says the Lord. Lord, overwhelm her with your glory right now. Let the ways of your spirit, let the ways of your anointing, Onisa, Koba, later, decorate her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Receive right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm hearing the name Olamilekon. Who's Olamilekon? Who's uh, whose name is Olamilekon? Or who has a, a brother, a friend, a sister? Olamilekon. Who lives on the street? I'm hearing that name. If that person's on the mainland, someone can send me a message. Let me know. Hallelujah! I need to really search. Pardon. Two friends. You have two friends. Okay. I'll, I'll check my spirit to know whether it's for them, but I think it's for somebody who's. Please be seated. I need to dive right into the message because of time. Prevailing prayers remain open and spiritual. Prevailing prayers. Is glory all right? Huh? Okay. Husband, help us. All right. Some of you will still have those experiences and encounters of God's glory. And say, please feel free to cry or roll on the floor or whatever. Somebody might actually just have an outburst. Don't count it strange, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> John 11. So, prayer points, prayers. God, God is a God who answers prayers right he answers our prayers please write this down god does not store your prayers he answers them right but there is a, a protocol to answering prayers we're talking about prevailing prayers 
So prevailing prayers are prayers that are effective or that are prevalent. Um, by that, for the purpose of the application here, we're saying prayers that have influence, that have the capacity to change things, to have a result, to make a difference. And I think that many times in Africa, you know, religion can be so bad because religion can reduce your effectiveness. You can do something so routinely that you now lack the result that you are desirous of. So let me use an example most of us can uh, can be a witness to with or resonate that resonate with us. You know how it is if somebody is feeling any kind of ailment inside this Nigeria, what's the first thing they're going to do? Panadol or paracetamol or anti-malarial. Thank you. Right? Now, if you go to any hospital in Nigeria, what's the first thing they're going to say? Malaria test. Right? Now, you know, after you use that's a very lovely tie you have. It reminds me of the Garden of God. Amen. <laughs> now, after you've used malarial drugs for a while, guess what happens? Could it be possible that your body becomes immune to it? You know, they actually say that, that you shouldn't use anti-malarial over and over and over because then what happens is your body will now become used to it. So it's like children that grew up in physically abusive environments. Of course, Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. It's a foolishness is in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it out. Of course, as we advance in things of God, we understand that words can be rods and that words are actually the primary rods. When the Bible says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The first thing is, right, God uses the word to comfort you. The Bible says, speak this word to comfort one another, speaking these words to one another, right? So, words are the primary rod. I hope you know that. However, some people need some man carry rod. You know that? But in homes where any small thing, toza, toza, any small thing, I will beat you now after they've smacked the person. The person can become immune to that kind of discipline. And so the person then knows, uh, if anything happens, is it not more than, is it more than Abara? Right? Smacking. So they become used to it. Now, similarly, many believers have become used to the idea of prayer. That they are no longer effective in praying. So they are in the routine of mouthing words, but then the meaning, the essence, the weight of prayer does not bring any kind of tangible fruits in their lives. Because, you know, the, the, uh, what's the thing now? The common thing is, have you prayed about it? I'm praying about it. But many times, we are going to be honest, when we say we're praying about it, we're just musing on it. Oh, can we talk now? Anybody vibing? Let's be honest, everybody raise your hand if, if it's happened to you. Where you said to somebody, I'm praying for you. But actually, what you had with them were just thoughts, not really prayers. Raise your hand sometimes. Say, ah, I'm praying for you. But that prayer is, I'm actually thinking, I have you in my heart. But I've not taken one day to fast. Come on now. Okay. I've not checked the scripture to ask and say, God, what are you saying concerning Kingsley, concerning Fidel, concerning Enoch, right? So I want to give us some things that will really help us today. The very first thing is my prayers are going to be answered. I must approach God as a loving father, not a vengeful monster. 
That's the first thing. I must approach God as a loving father, mainland, and not a vengeful monster. Many of us grew up in environments that painted God like one Lord of the Rings character. Smog. Hobbit. Gandalf. So a thing that is on this vengeful quest and is always looking to balance your good with your bad. To see whether you deserve a fair hearing. Excuse me. Come and talk to me, somebody. And one of the signs you know that you've been given that kind of God, or rather, when I say given that kind, you've learned to operate with that kind of God, that kind of thinking, is that the first thing you do when you approach the place of prayer is that you approach it from a place of seen consciousness. God, forgive us our sins. Oh, you know we are all sinners. Not me. Not me. Not me. The Bible says that he has made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, somebody might be struggling to figure out that, but I committed a sin and all of that. You committed a sin, but Jesus died for your sins. And Jesus died not only to forgive your sin, but to operate the nature of sin. Are we here? You have to understand that that the first thing a father sees in a child is not the homework they didn't do. Or the fact that they wet the bed. Or the fact that they spilled the milk two nights ago. Or the fact that they spoiled the remote control two years ago. The first thing the father sees in a child is, now my pikimbi this. Are you here? Now imagine this. A son does something wrong in school. Maybe breaks the chalk. Or stains the wall with the maca that the teacher was using. Maca, why? Right? Does something like that. And then the father had heard that and all whatnot. Okay, fix it. Then somehow, God forbid, the boy gets involved in an accident. And everybody's calling the father, oh, your son, this is happening, blah, blah. And the father now says, ah, why are you disturbing me? Isn't that a silly boy? That guy that stained the wall with his maca. Father. Are we getting that? Now, so we don't believe that a normal human being, someone say, are you normal? We don't believe that a normal human being will do that, but somehow in our thinking of God's fatherhood of us, we think that because we have stained certain markers, he will not be there with us in time of trouble. Rather, we have stained certain walls with certain markers. Are you following that? What's the marker? You did something wrong. You made a mistake. You made a dumb decision. You said something you shouldn't have said. Watched something you should have watched. Bought something you should have bought. Gone somewhere you shouldn't have gone. And because of that, in your mind and your thinking, you're saying, because I did that, now that I'm praying, God will not hear me. So somebody says, but the word said, if I had regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. So here's the deal. There's a difference between falling into iniquity and regarding it in your heart. Regarding it in your heart means that you're idolizing it, laying claim to it, holding on to it, and you are not repenting of it. But the Bible says, though the righteous man falls how many times? Seven times. What's that number of perfection? Though the righteous falls perfectly, they'd be like, this is the final fall. The Lord will do what? 
he shall rise again. Are you here? A good father never judges the deeds of his child before fulfilling the responsibilities of his own fatherhood. Now, if you don't approach prayer like this, you are already sure of fa 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 foul. Because you're not approaching, in quotes, the right God. You have created an idol in your mind. You have created Orisha 3.0. Ogun 7.0. Obatala 17. You have, you have put on new versions on the ethnic gods that your great-grandparents used to serve. Are we here? In our text, when Jesus prays, what did he say? Verse 42, John 11 verse 42, what does it say? Oh, come and look into it. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. That, don't miss, don't miss the protocol. Nah, nah, nah. Shout it. Shout it. The first thing is Father. The I know you always hear me is the result of understanding who I'm speaking to. I'm not speaking to a George. I'm speaking to my daddy. Oh, some of you are not excited about this one. Some of you are not excited about this one. Many of you are so used to the George. The one who's looking for the bad things that you have done. Who's coming through his books. But is there anybody here who knows that there is a father who is ever loving. Who knows that even after you have failed, watch this. It's still his own responsibility to catch you when you fall. To correct you when you're wrong. To clean you up when you're dirty. To arrange you. Are you hearing that? That even if I'm stained and I'm foul and messy. You are still the one who will clean me up because you are my You're my daddy. My daddy, my daddy. Your baby is singing. I'll be singing and dancing and shouting for the rest of human eternity. <laughs> Approach God as a loving father. Listen, the person you are approaching determines the confidence you will have in your request. How many of you will go back to your secondary school, your primary school, or your university right now, and you go to a loving professor, the professor that you loved and everything, and say, sir, I have a simple request. The request I have, sir, is, please, if you have one million dollars you're not using, can you help me? Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Why won't you ask your university lecturer for a million dollars? No, no, no. It's not just about whether it's your father or not. Most of us cannot ask our father for a million dollars because they don't have it. It's not just about <laughs> he doesn't have it. He cannot give it. Did he love you when you're in school? Did he support you with your project? Can he support you this way? Now, if you are to go back to your school, what can you ask for? What are some of the things you can ask for? Transcripts, referrals, signing documents, some clarity, maybe in your career. Maybe, I agree, it's after you've graduated. Mentorship, because you know that they have that. Because you know who you are talking to. If you don't know who you are talking to, you will not be sure what to ask for. Now, if you finish from the best university in Nigeria, University of Lagos, 
<laughs> if you finish from that university, as good as it is, can you go to MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, can you go there and ask for transcripts? Can you go there? Why? Now, why? No connection are you here. And if you go there to ask for anything, you'll be a fraud. Are you here? This is what happens when a believer goes to bow at an idol altar or a false prophet. You are trying to collect transcripts from a university you never attended. What will you get there? Lies, falsehood. Forged certificates. Disappointment. That will land you in trouble. Look at your neighbor. Say stop running after false prophets. Say run to your father. Access has been granted. When Jesus died. The Bible says that the veil was torn. From the top to the bottom. God was trying to establish this. Namitiera. Yes. Because if you check the dimensions of the temple, no man was tall enough to stand where he was and rip it. God was saying, I ripped it from the top. I've accepted you from the top. You have already passed from the top. I gave you the height of all I could give you, which is salvation in Jesus. Therefore, every other matter is inferior and secondary to that. So if I could give you that by faith, I can give you every other thing. But are you hearing this now? I can give you every other thing by faith. So you don't have to keep whining and wondering, am I accepted? Look at somebody say, God, now my papa. Jesus, now my brother. Holy Ghost, now my director. Why I not go make younger? Does anybody know that song? God, now my papa. Jesus, now my brother. Holy Ghost, now my director. Some people don't know it. That's the first thing. Let's start with that. Somebody say, God, you're my daddy. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, when you pray, say, our father. Don't approach God as if he were father. F-A-R-T-H-E-R. Approach him as if he were father. Because he is father, not father. Now, when you approach God as father, PV, come help me. Alois, come help me. Ministers, come help me. Let's say, Fidel, go and stand there. Let's say that's the father. Now, stand closer. Uh, this will help somebody. Come over here, please. Stand over here. Stand here. Stand here. Now, when you approach God as if he were farther, you will have the in-between mindset. That's when you will say, Tombs is closer to God. Let me talk to Tombs to help me talk to God. You are trying to institutionalize something that God destroyed. They say, you know, you know, people say, oh, Pastor, you know, you pastors, you are closer to God. Hey, Lord. 
Now it's a totally different thing if you're recognizing grace. So you can discern grace. You can recognize grace. Because there are different flavors of grace. But when it comes to communion, he says, you are as close to me in righteousness as Billy Graham was. As Oral Roberts was. As Bishop Oedekbo is. As Pastor, are you hearing this? If you really understand this, it will shape your thinking. So people are struggling right now to accept it. So you can see why some prayers are not answered. It has nothing to do with God. It has a lot to do with you. <laughs> Let me give you an example. How many of you noticed this in school? Year one. Everybody's like on the same level. Year one, year one, year one first, first semester. By second semester, you notice that it looked like three or five people had a stronger relationship with the lecturer, the course advisor, maybe even the dean. It's not always first class people. Many of them will do well, but some of them were not first class. There were two, two people. What happened? Everybody came in, but some people took the extra step. Sir, can I help you carry your bags? Sir? Ah, sir, you're looking good to do. Ah, nice. That is praising God, complimenting God. God, you're beautiful. Ah, God, you're too fine. Right? Some of them, they'll go for holiday, come back from the holiday. So I bought you a basket of fruits. Are you seeing that? Please write this down. You are as close to God as you choose to be. You are as close to God as you choose to be. It said, as he is in heaven, so are we on earth. Our intimacy is our personal responsibility. Access is the responsibility of the blood. Intimacy is the responsibility of the son for whom the blood was shed. In other words, access was granted by the blood that was shed for you. Your intimacy is a function of what you do based on that blood. So when Pastor Vicky wants to get to God, she does not need to talk to Dami to talk to Lois, to talk to Jade, and then see whether God will have time. No. Now, so somebody's going to be like, so what's the point of intercession? Intercession comes in as a function of weakness. <laughs> I'll explain that. So, Christ forever lives to make intercession for us, which is a position. By the way, prayer is first of all a posture before it's a conversation. That's why you go and look through the Bible and when it speaks about spiritual warfare, it says stand. We're going to do those postures of power next week. Stand. It said, I kneel before my father. Elijah said, the God before whom I stand. That's a posture. Those are postures. We're seated in Christ. That's a posture. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's a posture. That wait upon lush our this and shall mount over the wings. That's a posture. Right? So I'll, I'll share with you seven postures next week, I, I think. So what's intercession? It said the spirit makes intercession for us because of weaknesses, because of the gaps. So when somebody is going through something and all of us begin to pray, it's because we understand. So let's say Dami is trusting God for um, a wife. We know. Why are you laughing? Receive in the name of Jesus. Actually has received. <laughs> has he received? Now, Imagine, imagine trusting God for a wife. Because of the infirmities of his flesh, which is 
The person that God wants for him does not need to be a songwriter or a singer or a vocalist. That person is supposed to be an accountant to count the money from his royalties. In his humanity, in his physicality, because he's a singer-songwriter, he wants somebody he can show and do duets with. Do you see? So that when I'm singing, when he does the reefs, she'll do the rafts. In his humanity, that's what he wants. But in God's divinity, he knows that's not what you need. Because if two of you are singing all the time, what it means is, who will take care of the children when you're rehearsing? Who will take care of the books when the records are being kept? Who's going to tidy up the legal aspects when somebody tries to infringe on, on your copyright? Are you seeing that? This is the reason when you say pray for me or pray with me, the corporate sense is that Lois has no such concerns. She's not sentimental about duets. <laughs> are you here? So, so when she's praying, her prayers are more precise in addition to whatever is, are you following this now? I'll talk about praying in the spirit. This is why praying in the spirit is very powerful. Because a boy cuts the biases of your flesh. A boy cuts the biases of your preferences. And prays perfectly the purposes of God. So intercession is for weakness. Sometimes the exactitude of the prayer. But sometimes the physical. How many of you know sometimes you don't, you don't feel like praying? But when your friend is with you over the phone and you begin to pray. Are you here? Then you can sense the strength of God. The energy of God overwhelming you. So intercession caters to weakness. By weakness, I'm not talking about sinfulness or immorality. No. The limitations. Let me use that word. The limitations. Intercession does not make up for the gap in intimacy. Mm -mm. That's not the purpose of intercession. God doesn't get intimate with you, or rather get intimate with you through somebody else. Mm -mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Intimacy is personal. So when you approach God, when you have done coconut things, eh? you went to tell somebody the cocoa, you did coconut things. You carry your coconut head and go and knock it at the foot of the cross. Do you get what I'm saying? Approach God as your father. Now, I know this may be a tough point for certain people because you've never had good father figures. Maybe some people had uh, abusive fathers, physically, spiritually, uh, maybe even sexually. And so when you think God as your father, the metaphor doesn't gel. Like, I don't want God to be my father, eh? so they will not rape me. I don't want to. You, you get it? Some of us struggle with some of those pictures. But I pray that the spirit of adoption in this moment heals those hearts and fills those hearts in the name of Jesus. So what God is saying is, you don't need to go this, 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 this. This is farther, not farther. So what do you do? You come to the gathering of the saints. You're like, wow, I love the way Dami responds in the place of prayer. So you adopt that. Oh, Lois, her singing is getting better and better, more anointed by the day. I'm going to fellowship with her. Uh, Jade, what you're saying is you're acknowledging graces. And it's enriching your personal growth. So when you approach your father, you don't feel less than anybody. 
Because you're growing just like everybody. So this man of God has audacity. God, I thank you for the expression of grace in this man of God. I honor and celebrate it. If you're in a position to you sow a seed, not because you are trying to claim the grace, you are honoring. And after a while, you just discover that you are audacious in your own work. In your own, are you getting that? So we don't have go between, we have go along. You get it? We go along, we're going together. I'm not inferior. Listen, God's paternity is so effectual that it does not matter whether you are the firstborn or the lastborn, at least you were born. And because you are born, you are his responsibility. You know, and by the way, the relationship of every parent with every child is unique. I hope you know that. I saw there's one guy, I think his name is Gabo something, I can't remember his first name, but he does a lot of child, what was his name? Gabo what? Gabo? No, Gabo. He's a psychologist and he does stuff on child care and parenting and stuff like that. And it said that no, no child was passed, no two children were parented by the same parents or had the same parents. What it means is if you have five children, your five children, born, same father, same mother, you had different parents in, in those people. True. Very true. Very true. Your father did not relate with you the way he related with your younger brother. He was in a different stage in his life. He was in a different space in his maturation. He was possibly in a different country. Maybe he had become more patient. So your younger brother met a more patient version. Or maybe he had lost his job. So your younger sister met a broker father. And it affected the nuances. Are you seeing this? <laughs> Whatever you lacked in your parents, you'll find in God. Whatever you lacked in your parents, you will find in God. So that's why sometimes you feel like they're not fair. It's just like, it's the same thing with pastoring. I love and pastor everybody. Great, 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 great. But two years ago, you had your birthday. I'm writing everybody along. No. Now, I'm not less committed, but you guys are now more productive. You know what I mean? We're more productive. Two years ago, y'all were single. Almost all of you. So I didn't have to conduct as many weddings, sort out many counseling issues, prayers, children, anniversary. Do you get so if you have 200 people two years ago, you have 200 birthdays. Fast forward, many of them have two or three children that fall ill once or twice a year. So when I'm not typing your birthday text, I'm possibly praying for somebody. So it doesn't make, make me less committed, but it makes the experience different for the new people. Are you guys? Do you get it? So even in God's divinity, it may look like God likes some people and doesn't like you. That's not so. They're in this different stage of their work with God. One. Number two, God himself is in a different space in his agenda on the earth. Yeah. So there are certain things he prioritizes per season. There are ages where apostles and prophets will be the most prominent voices. If you like, go and teach heaven and earth. You're not going to be one of the top three most known. Because that's not what is needed in that age. There are ages where it's teachers and pastors. 
This is the reason you cannot judge your effectiveness in the kingdom by your visibility amongst men. You judge it wrongly. Are you getting this? You will judge it wrongly. How do you judge it? The spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are sons of God, whereby we cry, Abba Father. So the judgments of God are inscribed in your heart. I'll write my laws upon their hearts. Do you get the point? So approach God. Don't approach God from, ah, God likes Google. God likes Ken. But me, he can't. God likes Google, but me, no, no. No, somebody say, God loves me. Say, God likes me. Say, God cares for me. (laughs) Say it again. Say, God loves me. God likes me. Mainland say, God cares for me. Celebrate our our examples. (laughs) Please don't clap as if you don't believe God loves you. Number two. So you have to approach him like your daddy. Number two, realize that your daddy is willing. Because for some of us, we say, oh, you know, uh, God is my father, but he's not really willing. But God is willing. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Luke 12, verse 32. Do not fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. In fact, God has given you the kingdom to a dimension. It's going to be fully consummated in our return of Jesus Christ. But it says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom. And he has given you righteousness, right? He has given you peace with God. And then you have joy in the Holy Ghost. He has given you the kingdom. You have right standing with God. You have the shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. He has given you boundless joy. Realize that your father is willing. If you don't think God is willing to heal your body, when you say, God, I received my healing, you will feel like a pretender. One man was blind and and the the man said to Jesus, Jesus, if thou wilt, thou will make me whole. Many of us will put the willingness of God on on the altar as if we're unsure. He says, if you will, thou will make me whole. And Jesus said, I will be healed. Romans 8, 31 to 35. Romans 8, 31 to 35. Somebody say, my answers are here. What then shall we say to these things? And it's wrong for time's sake. If God is for us, who can be against us? Next verse. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us oh no, you gotta say it like you really mean it. Please read the whole verse. Read the whole verse.
Imagine somebody that gives you his child. I say, excuse me, I'm not really sure whether you'll be able to give me this one, but can, can you just give me like 200 naira for transport? Now, don't you think that that person will either feel insulted or wonder if you're suffering insomnia, anorexia, amnesia, schizophrenia? I just give you my son. Somebody's getting it. This needs to sink. Hafiz, are you getting this? I just give you my son. My son. And you are scared to ask me for your phone. Somebody say, I believe. I receive. It is mine. It is here. Please, can you give me this in Amplified? Amplified, can you, can you get it? Do you have it? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he? He says, shall he not with him also? With him. So he's not going to take his son away to have it. This is what some people struggle with. That if I ask God for things, I will lose my salvation. I will not be spiritual. Somebody say, with him also. So I have Jesus and I have the good things that Jesus made. With him also. Amplified. What then shall we say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe? If God is on our side, he did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Well, in also with him. Freely and graciously. Give us all other things. Now, you know what that grace is? I don't deserve it. So the freely is not just that you are not paying for it. There are two different things. Freely means you're not paying for it, right? But how many of you know that you might not be paying for something, but you deserve it? He's saying the premise for answered prayers is to approach God as if it did not depend on anything that you have done. So that when it tells you to do something, what is sponsoring that action is not your willpower. It's his faithfulness. Oh, come on somebody. You know, many of us, eh, we're very quick to jump to the point of, eh, but you still have to do something. Calm down first. When you approach God, assume that you don't have to do anything. Because when you're obsessed with what you have to do, when you approach God, you still don't approach him the right way. You are approaching him as this, but if it does not work, that. And the Bible says, the double-minded man is one unstable in all of his ways. Let him not think he will receive anything from the Lord. So when you approach God, approach as if God, I thank you that you have done it. Do you know that when Jesus spoke in John chapter 11, he does not say, I thank Father, I thank you that I'm a great speaker. He said, I thank you that you have heard me. Is anybody hearing this? The focus is you have heard me and you always hear me. In other words, even if my grammar is not right, your character is never wrong. 
This is the reason I know that even if my words and my theology is sort of inaccurate sometimes in the place of prayer, my father will use his grace to correct it. I'm not saying when you're perpetually wrong or the doctrines of devils, no. I'm saying something like when Joshua spoke to the sun and says, sun, stand still. And we know the sun never stands still. It's the earth that actually had to stand still. So when we say the sun stood still, mm -mm, it was the earth that stopped in its revolution. Are you seeing that? God didn't say, uh, Joshua, you didn't even know more than uh, astronomy. You didn't know astronomy. <laughs> Why? Because prayer is more of a posture than a presentation. And the posture is first the posture of the heart. Somebody say God is willing. Say loud and say God is willing. When we approach God, we must also understand not only is he willing, we must approach him, number three, with reverence. Approach God and God said to me that this is one of the missing elements in many modern people's lives. Reverence. So what does that mean? Approach God with reverence, prioritize him, prioritize his presence, and prioritize his purpose. Approach God with reverence, prioritize him, his presence, and his purpose. Approach him. Luke 12 from verse 29. And do not seek. Verse 29. Now, I want certain things to be off your prayer list forever. I want certain things. You don't need to pray about what you eat. <laughs> where's the mango chop that's not a new man in Christ Yo, in other words as far as God is concerned what you're supposed to do for food is to thank God for it look at the Bible and it gives thanks see what Jesus said do not seek what you should drink what you eat or what you should Drink, not have an anxious mind. Verse 30, go there very quickly. For all these things, the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you have need of these things he knows. God, I want chicken. God, I want turkey. God, I want kata. Turkey, kata. Don't ask for perishables. God already gave a solution to hunger. It's in the Bible. <laughs> the first solution. Let him that stole, stole no more. Let him walk with his hands. That's the first thing. If you're ever hungry in this world, it's not a prayer point. It's an action point. That's in the Bible, except we don't believe it. So ask yourself, what can I do in my hands? That's the solution to food. Do you get What service can I render now? Who can I serve? Now don't say, but I am a degree holder in mechanical engineering. Mechanically move your hands. Engineer something to eat. <laughs> Did you get? Seriously. We waste spiritual virtue on things that have earthly solutions. You see that? Food is not a prayer point for the believer. Now, in cases like war or famine and stuff like that, which is a situation that is not normal, then you can cry to God for help. So if you're in the dry land, it says, my soul cries as in a dry and thirsty land. 
Then you can cry to God for help because you need a supernatural intervention. There's nothing that you can practically do. If you're in Nigeria, that's not you. If you walk to your streets, they, they wait to feed for the next 10 years on your streets. Gutter water, go and clean it. Start a gutter clean agency. Do you understand? Say it's beneath me, literally. May you not be beneath it. You're in a desert, bomb blast, in a cave. Osama bin Laden has become a personal disciple. Then you can cry to God for help. <laughs> now, the other provision to hunger is the believer. God wants to use the hands of the believer to meet hunger needs in the world. Let him the stole, stole no more, but let him walk with the sense that he may have to give. He said, when I was hungry, he did not give me. That means that the solution to world hunger is in the hands of believers. This then makes a greater case for prosperity. Because uh, he that cannot feed his own family is worse than an infidel. That means it's possible, watch this now. He that is able to feed his family is just about the same thing as an infidel. <laughs> the one that cannot feed his family he is worse than an infidel. The one that can feed just his family is possibly just about the same as an infidel. So the aspiration of the believer should not just be, let me just have something enough for me and my family. That's a selfish. All grace abound towards so that you always having all sufficiency in all things may be able to abound. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. He says, see, don't worry about what you eat, what you drink, and all of that. Verse 31, let's go. But, this is what you do. Seek the kingdom of God. He's not talking about heaven there. Because heaven is not missing. So what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, where the word of a king is, there is power. The kingdom of God is the rulership of God, the systems of God, the operations of God, the domain of God. In other words, let your life be an eternal adventure into how God operates. That's what it's talking about here. So, if the only time you pray is when you need something, you are like an infidel. Prayer should be more of seeking God, his heart, his intention, his, his uh, agenda for the earth than asking him for something. Prayer is not you having your way. It's God having his way in you and through you. It said when you do that, what will happen? All these things shall be added to you. Now, when you're cooking, what are the additives in cooking? Tell me. Salt, Maggie, pep. Depends on what you're cooking, right? It could be an additive. Let's say you're cooking jollof rice. Onions. The main thing is what? What's the main thing, jollof rice? Rice. That's the main thing, right? Now, imagine somebody who wants to cook jollof rice. <laughs> they now fill the first thing they fill, they fill the pot with salt. Why you say ah? Is that not what you do in the place of prayer? You are, you are making the additives the main thing. You pour curry inside the whole place. 
You feel it. We curse to curse on favor or, pep, or to pepper them. Right? But that's what we do in the place of prayer. When your obsession becomes house, car, accommodation, husband, money. God said that's not the main thing. Look at your neighbor and say that's not the main thing. See, someone that lives in heaven came to the earth and said, when you're praying, let me give you expo. Don't ask for food. Don't ask for clothes. Ask for this one. You're like, no, no, no. I know better. You don't get it. <laughs> Are you understanding? Jesus came from heaven to He knows the operations. He said, what gets God's attention is kingdom. This is not bobo. This is not a pastor trying to fill the workforce with kingdom workers. Jesus said, if you want to operate in this dimension of power and provision, don't ask for what God does not consider priority. It's so simple. So simple people despise it. This is how to get your praise answered. Hannah had prayed, prayed, prayed. Years. Benign had been the pain in her. You know? <laughs> now, the, the child didn't come. Benina was having a lot of children. Hannah had no children. Nine, zero, six, zero, five, zero. Right? But see this. The moment she said, God, if you give me this child, is a kingdom child. Let me tell you something for some of you who are trying to get married. Find the kingdom assignment for your marriage and start praying it now. The husband will show like this. For many of you, maybe some, you still need some character development or some calendar time zone or whatever. Yeah? But find the kingdom value in any request. If there's no kingdom value, drop it. It's not important. I'm telling you. iPhone 14, what's the kingdom value? Content that iPhone 12 cannot do. You now spend a whole year equating your spirituality based on a phone that they hidden created. You are judging your ability to pray based on what's created by somebody who has never prayed. Does it make sense? You know, sometimes we don't confront certain things. It, see, it doesn't make sense. Because if you don't give me a car, you will become a scar. Even if you are the Lion King. Now, the car you're praying for, the people that make, they worship his son God. They worship the thing that was created by the one who's your father. And you want to judge the love of that father based on your inability to buy the car. Look at anybody say, I believe in your brain. <laughs> Are you hearing this? <laughs> so we approach with reverence. Prioritize them. He says, don't do that. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What will happen? All these things shall be. So the same way you don't fill the pot with salt and put a sprinkle of rice. 
Don't fill your prayers with personal needs and put a sprinkle of the kingdom. Don't use the kingdom as a topping for your prayers. I'm not, I'm not joking. I can tell you, if I'm to calculate, less than 20% of my prayers have anything to do with me. Less. In fact, maybe 10, actually. The closer you get to God, the less you think about yourself. You won't think, rather, you won't think of yourself as being less than, but you think of yourself fewer times. He must increase while say, well, Peter, you're doing a lot of things, you're doing many things. Am I doing it for myself? So you think when I'm praying, I'm praying. People think, <laughs> think I want to be popular, I want to have my, that's, that's too weak an ambition. You want to be popular? There are many easy ways now. If you can have a budget of about $10,000 for a quarter, more Africans will know you than all your ancestors put together. Some call digital marketing. Yes, no. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, ads. You don't even know $10,000, Seth. Just be popping up. <laughs> and there are other ways. Just flash this on a live. It go viral. <laughs> we want to keep our breasts with the goings on. So, so we need to honor God. Let me show you something. See, look at what it said after it said that, verse 32. Do not fear, little flaw. Give us that, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, look at the next thing it then says. 33. He now says something that most of us are going to struggle with. Read it, read it, read it. He said, even the one that you have, that you want to add more to, sell it. In other words, trade it off to create value amongst vulnerable people. <laughs> that's the arms in a world where everybody wants to be popular and do I'm not saying that I don't have a business he's saying even for the kingdom your business the profit of your business must have social justice inside the vulnerable the weak in other words you make money from rich customers and look for people that don't have and create a system of supply for them <laughs> are we ready for this one sell what you have give alms he said provide for yourselves what money bags which do not grow old are we not seeing money bags that grow old in nigeria today because the currency has been phased out now you're having people who have been stashing millions in fact in some cases hundreds of millions in ghana must go bags that are now stock they grow old Apart from growing old, you wanted to buy a dollar last year, 500 and something. You want to buy this year, anywhere between 800 and 900, depending on who you're buying from. It's grown old. God is saying, stop running after things that inflation will make rubbish of. Invest in things that are beyond the reach of inflation. And it's about reverence because he said, they don't grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. Go to verse 34. Verse 34. 
For where your treasure is, verse 35. Okay, that, I think that's, that's the end. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I needed. Matthew 16, 21 to 23. What I'll do is, for the sake of those who may not be able to join on Wednesday, I'll give you the full list of all. And I'll teach them on Wednesday, the rest. From the time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, what? Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God. What are the things of man? In other words, Peter was not holding God in reverence. What God intended to do on the earth was not what Peter preferred. And so Peter was saying, God, this is not what I prefer. I prefer you to be here. He was not discerning the purpose of God. And was saying, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. Jesus, you're not going to die. And Jesus said, no, get behind me, Satan. That's the voice of the devil. Can I propose to you sometimes? When you're asking for certain things in the place of prayer, you're sounding like the devil. Not from your heart, but from the direction of your intention. What's Satan? Opponent. What you're asking for opposes the agenda of God. Does this make sense to somebody? So reverence means that I have my desires, I have my longings, I have my preferences, I have my wishes. I'm human. You made me sin for a purpose. I can choose, but I am willing to lay down my own agenda for your own agenda. I am willing to say, God, nevertheless at thy word i will let down the nets i'm willing to say not my will but your will be done he said when you pray say our father what's in heaven hallowed be thy name the kingdom come thy will be many believers say my will be done no thy will be done number four let me give you this one first samuel 2 verse 30 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, still under number 3. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk with me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. Please pick it from verse 29. Context. Media help us. Okay, this is important. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering? which I have commanded, this is God speaking now, commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me. See, if we're going to get answers to our prayers, we must honor the one we're praying to. And God is very clear here. He said, why do you kick at my sacrifice? The offerings that you ought to bring, the things you ought to sacrifice for me, you kick at them, right? And then you offer... You honor your sons more than me. Who are your sons? Things that come out of you. Things that you're producing. You invest in your business more than my kingdom. If you can't say, um, say ouch. You invest in your hair more than your heart. You invest in your face instead of facing my assignment for your destiny. See, it's there. You honor your sons. The things that you're nurturing, things you're carrying, things that you're pampering. You, you, you do that more than me. To make yourselves what? Fat, well-fed, is what it means there, with the 
best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. So verse 30 now. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. That's speaking about Saul. That this would have happened. But guess what now? But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me. Read the word though. Can you read it louder? Now, let me just make this clear. In the New Testament, you are you weigh heavy with God. But in the agenda of God, what determines your weight is your responsiveness to what heaven is doing. Are you following that? Which means that God doesn't just release resources to gratify people. Your popularity is too small for it to be heaven's project. Yes. Who are you? In your humanity is what I'm saying. So, God, I want to have one million followers. Nonsense. Ever heard about the Kardashians? Did he pray for it? God can give you that like this. No authority exists without God. Influence. If anybody has it, God has permitted them to have it. And it says he's able to take one kingdom out of one person's hands and give it to another. He can raise somebody up in a day and the next day he sets him down. So the point is, when it comes to prayer and reverence, you have to prioritize the Father's heart. What is in your heart? What is your agenda? What are you thinking about? What's important to you? It's like today, I'm not in the mood to minister with me. Are you following? This is God said to me. He said, this is the reason many believers' prayers are not answered because they are not praying my will. So number four ties into that. Discern and discover the will of God. To have prevailing prayers, you must pray the will of God. See, if you are smart enough to have a will, then the God who made you, who is super, 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 super smart, has a will. God has a will for your marriage, for your finances, for your health. He has that. So how do you discern the will of God? You go into the word of God. Don't pray the dictates of the flesh. Don't pray the happenings of the times. Don't pray the, what the pressure dictates. Say so your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's number four. So number five, that will is revealed in this word. Number five, when you find that will, you pray that will. Now, let me say this. Sometimes for you to find that will, you need to pray for a long time. So for many believers, the first prayer should not be the prayer of petition. It's the prayer of inquisition. David didn't say, God, make our chariots run faster. God, let the horses that prepare for battle become stronger. No, he said, should I, shall I pursue? So many of us, we've pursued projects that have no future in God. 
Because you didn't discern the will of God. For some people, if you are just paused for three weeks in spite of the emotional higiaga, you've already started liking his page, liking his pictures, liking her pictures, sliding into DMs, and you've not discerned. Some people are not your life partners. They are project partners. But if you make a project partner, your life partner, you will end up with a mind that is like a project you're trying to fix. It's okay to say I'm still exploring. It's okay for you to say I'm still discerning God's will concerning that thing. It's okay to say I'm praying through. Do you understand? Don't get, in, don't get caught up in that place where you feel like I know. Assumption and intelligence are two different things. There are things I can do that I've not done. You know what I'm doing? Discerning the will of God. Ask, if you come to ask me a question, I'll tell you this is what I perceive, but give me some time to pray. I'll be able to get, have I said that to anybody before? I think I perceive, this is what I'm sensing. So sometimes you know exactly what to do, like Timmy Lane's testimony this morning, when we spoke, she had, has a very powerful testimony about her business and all. I just discerned. I just discerned. I said, this is what you should do. And she, she says, don't, she did it. And she, she has testimonies. See, someone is going to be like, teach me how to pray. That's the technique. Should I tongue twice or three times? Should I shout hallelujah seven? Mm -mm. That's not the first thing. About 80% eh, of prayer is just being where God is on the matter. The rest is revelation and instruction. If you have to labor physically, the same way others, right? Who don't know God labor physically. It's one of two or three things. Number one, either what you are laboring for is an earthbound thing. <laughs> Number two, maybe you are at the center of it. You are laboring for your own will, so you have to use a lot of energy. Number three, you haven't received the full blueprint of the will of God. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Is there anybody who's let me say, oh, I've just been trusting God and praying for property for kings and stuff like that. So that prayer, I'm not just looking around. My spirits. So a lot of things that you see that happen like this, mm -mm, somebody incubated it. There had been droughts in, in, the, in the land for years and then Elijah began to pray. How many rounds of prayer does he pray? So I five hundred rounds. How many times does it pray? Check your Bible now. Okay, I can hear somebody getting around there. I need to close, man. See, this part of what you need to do. You pray the word number five. Pray the word. That means the word must dwell in you richly. Let me tell you some of the tactical things you, you want to do. You're trusting God for a job. Do you have up to three to five scriptures about business and work and favor? Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what's happening. You have to check. And I wanted to check because I like seeing the word. When you see it, you tend to remember it more. And many people here, you've spoken about Elijah. Elijah was a man of like passions. 
and he prayed. But you've not studied the life. So you still have to check for seven times. That means that for almost every major thing you're trusting God for, you don't have enough word in your spirit to birth it. When a man copulates with his wife, that is not always the first time they do it that it becomes a child, right? Some of you should be grateful for that somewhere in your past. Oh yeah. Amen? So, once you've discerned the will of God, once you know what the will, let me give you an example. Canada or not? God, is it your will for me to go to Canada or not? Big prop, big question in many people's hearts. Many people did not even do the duty just to even pray. They just said, let me go and do my thing. It's, it's alright. The thing is, the way you start is the way you have to continue though. So as you have taken yourself, sustain yourself. But the first thing that a believer wants to do is God, I have a desire to travel. I don't like the direction of this country. And I'm, I'm not sure it's going to change. So I want to change direction. You start out, Father, you're my father, which means it's a no threat zone. I can tell my father what I'm thinking. Are you following? I can tell my father what I'm thinking, what I perceive. And I can approach him boldly. And then I get to the point, God, is it your will for me? I ask the question, God, is this your will? Are you here with me? And if it's God's will, a couple of things will happen. Let me tell you very easy. A couple of things will happen. Number one, there will be a persistent word sponsored by the Spirit of God. It will keep coming. Your personal time meditation or prophecy and all, that's number one. Number two, there will be growing peace. But not just peace, responsibility. Let me tell you what the responsibility will do because God is not someone that lulls you into complacency. People say they have peace, but they don't have responsibility. Same thing happens with marriage. I have a sense of peace. If it's God, God will not just give you peace about the person. He will start exposing to you weaknesses of that person that they've never told you about. Because God's peace also reveals your responsibility. <laughs> because why do you need peace when you don't know the potential battles? That's false peace. <laughs> so you want to travel? God has start showing certain things that you've never read on social media. And then you know when you now start seeing them. Right? Then the authority figures in your life, parental, spiritual, circumstantial, will start speaking in that direction. They will nudge. Now, once you know that, the next thing is start praying the will of God. And let me tell you something. If you want to be led by God, you cannot be in a hurry. So, hold on. I must, I must leave the country by... Let me tell you how it has happened. Ask many people who wanted to go to Canada three or four years, uh, three to two years ago. Almost all of them had delays. Isn't that so? COVID. So, when you're saying to yourself, I cannot wait, I cannot wait. It's not true. You can wait. So, you might as well choose the posture of waiting. For they that wait upon the Lord... They are the ones that already need their strength. Why do you need your strength? Because the current strength you have may not be good enough to handle the battles you are about to fight. So sometimes God holds you back to renew your strength. Are we here? Boom. I can't teach the rest, so let me just give you the list. Let me give you the list. Number five, pray the word of God. Say what God is saying. Look into the Bible. 
eat the scriptures. Jeremiah 15 verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So your words were found and I ate them. So go into the word and pick. So let me give you some examples. Is it God's will for you to be healed? Yes. So go into the word. Find healing scriptures. Google is your friend. If you type healing scriptures, go find millions of entries. Take three or five and use them as medication. Works. The same way you will use the pharmacist's prescription, the doctor's prescriptions at the pharmacy. You get into the word. Marriage. Go and look for something I want to marry. What are your five scriptures about marriage? Or oh, I want children. Have you named them spiritually? With your wife and your husband or your husband. Write down reference Proverbs 4 20 to 27. Study that. Number six, pray in faith. I'll teach you this on Wednesday. Number six, pray in faith. Pray in faith. And somebody says, I'm praying in faith. No, you're not praying in faith if you're not praying in the word. You're praying in your emotions, you're praying in your logic, you're praying in your intelligence, you're praying in your sense knowledge. Well, praying in faith is you take those scriptures, you internalize, you memorize, you meditate on them. The Holy Spirit begins to paint pictures in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. You pray in faith. Mark 11, 22 to 26 says that. Number seven, pray fervently. So Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. And then it said, I thank you that you've heard me and that you always hear me. Father, that's what it said. So you're willing. And then it said, I'm saying this for the sake of those who are here. Don't worry, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> for the sake of those who are here. In other words, I'm externalizing my faith with words. Are we here? Praying faith. And then he cried out. So Jesus knew that God always heard him, but did he cry out or not in the text? He cried out, say. Lazarus, comfort. He said, roll the stone away. So some of us, what we have received in the spirit realm, we are not living like it externally. So you say, oh, I want to be promoted. You have received their promotion. You have received the word. You have meditated on the word in the secret place. But in the workplace, you come across like this. Your body language is wrong. So your fervor is missing, even though your revelation is right. And the Bible says the effectual what? Fervent prayer of the righteous is what avails much. Jesus cried with what? A loud voice. Somebody cried with a loud voice. That's more like a sleepy voice. Cry, shout, come forth. What are you trusting God for? Put it in the place of Lazarus. The one you can shout in public. Say it, come forth. Say it, come forth. James 5, 13 to 18, number 8. Pray in the spirit. I'll teach that later. That's a whole message. Pray in the spirit. Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Now, praying in the spirit is not always the same thing as praying in tongues you can pray in other tongues <laughs> and you're praying in the spirit and both of them are, can be mutually exclusive 
let me tell you something. You know how you're praying. You can be praying casually. Lord, I thank you for your, for your strength, for your ability, for your grace in my life, for the work in my life. Thank you for the ongoing work of Jesus. You're praying that way, but you're still conscious of what's happening around you. You have not entered into that spirit. When I say entered, you're in the spirit, but the, the business of prayer in the spirit. You know, you get to a point where you are not really very conscious of what's happening around. Are you aware? Yes. You have started to enter. That's boiling point. That means that you are conscious now that what you're doing is not just a casual activity. It's a spiritual investment. And how many of you know the many times when you're in that state, you stop checking your time? That's when you, you're getting deeper. So pray in the spirit. What it means is you can pray casually and it's fine. You can pray contemplatively, meditatively, you can. That's how you pray always anyway. But seek to always engage that dimension of devotion and consecration. When you sit on a request with these things I'm teaching you, you will see the answer. If the answer is not the result, the answer will be a revelation. God will tell you. You will know. Listen, let me tell you guys something about this. If you're single, you can pray to a point where you know when you will get married. I'm not talking about the fancy dates you have in your head. 0202222. Mm -mm, I'm not talking about that. 230323. If you don't have the date, you will know the season. Because the Bible says God watches over his word. Why do you watch over something? Number one, it's important. Number two, it has dynamics. And it watches to perform it. Don't be a womb watcher. Be a prophecy watcher. The prophecies you have received, say wage war with them. Number nine, pray persistently. Pray persistently. God, you said it. I believe it. Luke chapter 18 gives us a whole story. And number 10, pray gratefully. Every prayer session should start with thanksgiving, have thanksgiving in the middle, and end with thanksgiving. So thank you, my body is healed. The doctor said this, but God, you are my doctor. Jesus is my doctor, angels are my nurses. I am healed in the name of Jesus. The part of praying persistently when you get to the point of praying persistently, Tammy, one of the things you understand is that in the place of prayer, you are addressing many things. There are four major elements you are addressing in the place of prayer. Four major elements. Number one, you are addressing yourself. Why thou downcast, O my soul? Many of us, we've not conquered ourselves and we're casting out demons. He says, submit yourself to the Lord, then rebuke the devil. That's when he will flee. When the enemy knows that you are divided against yourself, he knows that there's nothing you can say to him that will be coherent. This is where waiting is. Waiting does not mean you're just doing nothing. No, waiting is you're gathering yourself to serve the purposes of God. And so for some, some prayer points, five minutes is when you're asking. 25 minutes is when you're pulling yourself together. 
Persistent prayer means that you understand the four major facts you are addressing. Number one, you're addressing yourself. Number two, you're addressing God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. After you've spoken to your soul, Lord, I thank you. I'll thank you, God, at all times. Sometimes you start with that. As a matter of fact, you start with God first. And in the middle of that, then you speak to yourself. Lift up your head, Damilola. God is your captain, is your salvation. He has not cast you down. You are not left alone. Are you here? Number three, guess what? You're now dealing with the devil. And number four, the other elements, spirits and human beings that can be responsible for answer to your prayer. So in our text, Jesus speaks to who? First of all, in verse 38, he speaks to himself. He groaned within himself, right? Verse 38, follow the text. We'll read the text for a reason. No, 38. 38, 38, 38. 38. Then what? Do you see that? It's okay to groan in yourself in the place of prayer. So watch this. He groaned in himself and then what's the next thing he addressed? Addressed God. You always hear me. Now I came to the tomb and there was a stone. What did he say? Then they took away the stone. Roll the stone away. Later on we see him say, remove the clothes. So in the place of prayer, the different words you've received are for different people. You don't groan against God. And you don't tell the devil to remove, take the grave clothes away. Are you following? I'll teach this better on Wednesday, but you need to get it. There are some words you speak back to God. There's some words you used to rebuke the devil. There's some words you speak to yourself and there are words you release over the atmosphere to catalyze the human agents that would bring the answers. God will not roll the stone. People will. So some of you are asking God to do what you should be speaking, labor and intercession over people to do. <laughs> do you see that there's more to prayer than just God, I'm upset, I'm tired. Somebody needs to roll because as far as Jesus was concerned, Lazarus was going to come out. Of what use would Lazarus have, number one, to come out, bound hands and feet, and then it bumps into a stone. For many of us, the answers to our prayers are ready, but they are bumping into stones that somebody has not rolled away. And that's because you've not persisted to the point in prayer where the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to say, okay, address Mr. Alagbaja now address the issue in ukraine now what's stopping your job is the gas crisis in the west so you think you just tender the request no the protocols in the place of prayer if god appointed something as the system the greatest system to govern the earth that thing cannot be as simple as you think it is Jesus said, my yoke is easy. He didn't say it's simple. They're two different things. It's easy because it's my energy that is helping you carry it. It's like this. You pick your phone, you click something, something works. When the engineer shows you the back end, you'll be like, ah, okay. Are you saying this? Please go home today and look through the 10 points and say, which one of this, which two or three of this do I need to work on? There are usually two or three that you need to work on. Which two or three of this? 
do I need to work on? Some of you already know what it is. Some of you know that you've not discerned the will of God. Some of you know that, to be honest, I don't have enough word in me to birth this thing. Why do you need the word? If it's of that which is of the flesh is what? Flesh. That which is born of the spirit is? So if it's spiritual, if it's a spiritual something you want to birth, you need the seed now. Do you get it? If it's a spiritual marriage, you need to take the seed of a spiritual marriage. Oh, I want a, a kingdom business. It cannot just be Harvard Business School that you read. It has to be HBS, Heaven's Business School. Let's close and just talk to God with your own, your own burdens, your own areas of need. Amongst the ten, some of you need to look through the list right now. Look through the list. Which of these do I need to work on? Now, if you didn't take notes, that, it's, that in itself is quite a problem. On Wednesday, I'm trusting God I'll be able to share some of my answers to prayers as in testimonies, some. To help you know, this thing is not, it's not fluke. You know what God said to Cain? He said, Cain, Cain, sin lies at your door, right? And you need to master it. And I mean, he kills Abel. And God said, if you have done the right thing, you'll be accepted too. So it's not a function of God hears some people's prayers and doesn't hear some believers' prayers. If you pray right, you'll get right. Even if what God says, not now, later. Not here, there. Not there, here. God doesn't leave us hanging. He says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. All. All. When you pull yourself together, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. Somebody say, Lord, I will seek you with all my heart. I will seek you with all, all, all my heart. I will seek you with everything within me. And I just proclaim under God, this month will be a month of many, many answers. Many, many, many answers to prayers. Lords of miracles. Lord, you grant us grace to flow. We no longer want to have the same prayer points year after year after year after year after year. We want to see your mighty hand. We want to see your glorious presence. Experience the bounties and the beauties and the mercies of your holiness, God. Let me tell you another thing that you want to do if you're going to have prevailing prayers. You make prayer a, a point of diligence. So you have a prayer book or a prayer list or a prayer notes, prayer journal, prayer something. This is the way you show God that you are serious. Part of reverence is a prayer time or a prayer space. The things that are important to you, create space and time for them. You know what you also do? Prayer memory verses. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you again. Let me show you this. That's the way you 
you show God. What, what you can you say? My memory verse. My memory verses. My memory verses. Your pastor still does memory verse. Like I know me, I just use Google. Let the word dwell richly in you so you can make timely withdrawals. Memory verse is not a master life thing, it's your long life thing. And I know that you guys are writing your exams. Father, make this a house of prayer and a house of answer prayers. A house of answer prayers. This is our testimony. This is our reality. In Jesus' name. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this now.